Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games with the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the adventurer of this episode, Andrew. With me, our crotchety old Merc, Keith. Hello. And the one who's obsessed with collecting stamps, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, Keith picked a game for us. You know, we took a break from our listener request because a lot of listeners, you know, you guys love to give us a AAA games, which we love to do, but there's also a lot of little hidden gems on Game Pass that we like to discover. So Keith picked this one, and we did Ayudian Chronicle Rising. Ayudian Chronicle is brought to you by Rabbit Bear Studios, and it is a 2D action platformer where you are taking control of a young girl named CJ who is going through a rite of passage to find the biggest treasure in this town that's trying to rebuild itself from the ashes because it is a crumbling, decrepit, old city. So you are trying to help the city while also trying to get treasure within this cave. Going around though, Keith, was this a gamer pass for you? I So I have points of contention. And when it came to the overall gameplay, when I got to the end of this game, I was, I was done with this game. Um, We'll we'll get into it, but overall, it's it's actually a really good game, and it's it's a game for me. I kind of have the the same mini review as Keith because I enjoyed this game, but by the time I was done, I I was over it. It was just like I feel like right at the point that Matt, I'm like, do you know what? This is overstaying its welcome a little bit (laughs) (laughs) because I mean, you're just doing. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah, this is gonna be a game for me as well. It. I, I'm with you guys. The, I think the main word for to describe this game is tedious, but it's just the right level of tedium that I enjoyed because the game's not terribly long. You're looking at 12 to 15 hours to complete this game, depending on how much of a completionist you want to be. But I had fun with what I was doing, but it was very much the same things you're doing over and over again. But I did have a lot of fun with it. So yeah, this is a game for me. But uh, So Keith, I first want to ask you, why did you pick... A Uden Chronicle. Uh, so I guess a couple of reasons. So one, I'm fairly certain part of the studio that made this game. Now it's it's a Kickstarter game, I believe. Correct. Um, but I think part of the studio that made this was responsible for Suicoden, if I'm yeah, not well, sure. Suicoden. Suicoden. It's actually okay. Suicoden. So what I heard is the correct way to pronounce that game. Oh, but yeah, better than I know. But yeah, so there's that. <laughs> and then as as I think you're getting to. One of the reviews I read compared this game to a Dark Cloud, and I don't know where on this podcast I've talked about it, but Dark Cloud is an old Saturn game? No. So, uh, PlayStation, PlayStation, two, PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Yeah, PlayStation 2 that I absolutely loved. And so when someone described it as that, I was I was pretty sold on at least trying it, and I immediately thought it was kind of fun. And we'll go from there. So, uh so you looked up, yeah, because I, I did not realize it's from the same creators of uh, Suikoden. Because I was sitting there, when I was playing this, I, I was like, oh, I'm not really getting Dark Cloud vibes, but that was the game that came to my mind. It's like, oh, this game kind of reminds me of Suikoden. Because I remember you played, what, it was 3 was the one you loved? 7, and you were, I believe, actually. I don't know if it was... I'm fairly certain know. it was it 7. It might have been. But yeah, you were rebuilding a castle and trying to recruit people. It had a lot of city building elements. I like very that you're questioning game. the game that he personally liked. Well, uh, like I think he would know. He <laughs> thought Dark Cloud was on Sega Saturn, so you know he, you know, he's kind of questionable. All right. I mean, I'll <laughs> give you that question. I, I think there's a lot more reasons to question my my integrity and things that I know, honestly. <laughs> but if that's the one you're going with, sure. But yeah, this game was a Kickstarter game, uh, in which it did reach its goal. 
And uh, Keith, did you happen to see the, their Kickstarter video? I did not. Oh my god! Um, unless it's, it's the so one, cringy. I guess that's like on <laughs> Xbox. I don't, I don't think so. No, I looked it up. I found it on a Reddit subpage, and it was it's so cringy, but I also loved it. How much money did they get? I think they were looking for four hundred thousand, and they got it. Oh, all right. But uh, of course, with this though, they did have a they have a Microsoft partnership with. So this is actually going to be a two part game. They originally announced that they were doing um, Ayudin Chronicle. 100 Heroes, which is was supposed to be their main game, but then they kind of came out with this game, which is supposed to be like a prequel. Which, I'm sorry, I that if this comes out first, like, how is that a prequel? And this is like the first one. Like, that doesn't make sense. It, it, it does make sense. So, well, let me try to explain, because so the f- one that's mainly coming out, the Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes, is an actual JRPG. Well, this game is not a JRPG. This is just a 2D side-scroller. It's a much smaller experience. You, you didn't really get much of an overall story in this game, but it definitely does feel like it's a setup. So I, I understand where you're coming from. Like a prequel usually is supposed to be like something that already came out and then they come out with a prequel. But it, it kind of makes sense a little bit with how they're trying to set up the world and the universe. And the great thing too, which I looked up, so the main game, Ayudin Chronicle 100 Heroes, comes out next year, 2023. But this game, if you play it, and you actually are leveling up these characters, these characters will be in that game, and you will actually get bonuses since you played this game. So you are setting up your adventure in the main game by playing this. Okay. Okay. I'm about that. I don't know what the exact bonuses and benefits are, but yeah, these characters are supposed to appear in the main game. Yeah, and and at the very least from a, um, like a, not verbatim, what's the word? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> from it's not a prequel i agree with you liz but i i can i can see where they're where andrew's coming from it's just kind of a prequel that's done out of order because it feels like a prequel it just yeah isn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah because when you when you start this game this game the story is very basic as i said you, you know you start a cj you're a 16 year old girl who you know is part of a scavenger village and their whole rite of passage is once you become 16, you are essentially kicked out of the town and you're supposed to go on an adventure and you're supposed to find a treasure bigger than what your parents had. So in this world, there, in order to cast magic, there's these magical lenses you have and your father found a very large one. And so you are trying to find a bigger one to one up your dad, basically, which is a really kind of weird straight, like, like rite of passage, because at what point can you no longer surpass your parents? Well, because it can go by size, which they're, they're talking about the lenses, but it can go also go on value. Like, there's so many things that are, like, are worth more in different ways. Yeah, so but I for her, it was size. That. But I think it's weird, like, oh, you're 15 years old, you're 16. going off. 16. Get it right. Uh, you're <laughs> going off to fight monsters and bandits, like groups of bandits. I don't know. To risk your life to be in a scavenger village? I uh, mean, weird. here's the thing. Like, it seems weird, but back in, like, the 1400s they married people at like 13 years old which is definitely weird today but you were lucky if you lived to like 16 so (laughs) if it's just like a world that's just ravaged by monsters and i don't know you gotta scavenge to survive maybe 16 is like all right you've made it this long do or die we're we're not worth like keeping you around to feed a mouth anymore unless you're worth it i know it's cruel (laughs) i'm just saying though that's but I true. mean, if they're all treasure hunters, why can't they do it as a family? I will say the treasure hunting aspect throws a whole wrench in my theory because everyone just shouldn't be so excited about treasure, I guess, because 
I'm painting a pretty rotten world, but I don't know. There's lots <laughs> of treasure, so I don't know. So yeah, as the story goes, you arrive to the city because you hear of a dungeon that has a bunch of these magical lenses, and you go there and you find another 16-year-old girl who ends up being the mayor of this town that is just decrepit, and you take it upon yourself to try to help this town by gaining access into the dungeon, and you essentially try to help the citizens and rebuild this town as you're looking for treasure. Which I do like that there are like three different unique stories within like the, the main three characters. Yeah. And so, I mean, Guru, which <laughs> it took me so long to figure out, Guru, kangaroo. Like, I felt like such an idiot by the time I figured it out. Guru is the mercenary in this group, and he is a giant kangaroo. Yeah, I mean, I didn't pick up on that either. And Andrew and I, we both like knew something was up. Like, he had a story he wasn't telling. And so, I, for me, I just, I do like that there are secrets at the end, but I didn't like, obviously, there's another game coming out, but it was left very unfinished within their stories. Like, they didn't really have, like, a clear-cut Because it's a prequel. I know. I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I do like that they did have a lot. Oh, well, not a lot, but they had enough story going on to keep me interested. I found the story to be pretty lighthearted. Because, like, like, when you, when you play a JRPG, they're generally super lore-heavy, you know, a bunch of different varying kingdoms fighting each other, yada, yada, big bad guy trying to rule the world. Very typical stuff. But this story is very kind of lighthearted, and I, I digged it. Yeah. Yeah, I also like the character uh, Squash. Is that the, the owl guy? That, like, shiny thing? Yeah. He's I hear the door. He reminded me of, like, the uh, bird guy in Rick and Morty, kind of. Like, I... When Birdman? he talked, I kind of pictured him a I, little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I there's a lot like of like a goofier weird, version. There's a lot of weird references in this game, and I can't. And I hate that I can't remember any of them. Like because there wasn't a nothing like solid work, Keith. Yeah, I know. But like overall, <laughs> you're right that the dialogue is entertaining, and and that was something that I liked because on one hand. I, I, we've complained in the past about games that are so dialogue heavy and don't have any voice acting behind it. Well, you've complained. Okay. I've complained. I don't, (laughs) I don't like reading, so I've complained, but on the other hand, a lot of the dialogue is actually pretty entertaining. The, the original fight between CJ and Gru in the middle of town when, uh, she keeps yelling at oh, him. Oh, about the potty training? Yeah, where she's like, I don't <laughs> now you have to yell, CJ doesn't pee in the bed. <laughs> no, no, no. It was uh, CJ learned how to potty train when she was two. <laughs> but <laughs> I do like funny. that they don't have just like the grunts or the occasional word. They're just like, no, let's not do any of that. Because that's when I find it irritating. Yes, I But agree. I also... When it comes to the dialogue and the conversations, like even some of the little side quests um, are... Uh, what was I trying to say? <laughs> <Killing it, laughs> what are you laughing at me? It makes it so much harder. Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> I I don't I don't know the words that were gonna come out of your mouth. You oh, I remember, I remember. Quest. Even when <laughs> even with the side quest, there were a lot of dialogue. And for me, it eventually got like a little annoying because there was just yeah. so much of it that I knew that I was missing out on some of the funny stuff. Like so for me, I did sometimes skip through because with this game, there is just so much back and forth with the same characters, the same areas. And so for me, I was just getting a little tired because you said 12 to 15 hours. I put way more than that. Yeah, you put, like, I think, 21. 
I did all the quests except for like four or five because I'm I always I always do that. I always get to like very close well, to the, the end game. of something. Yeah. I always get very close to the end of something and I'm just like, if I'm done with it, I'm done with it, you know? So <laughs> for me I was like I did all of those quests except for a couple and I I'm obviously not getting the achievement for it. <laughs> no, I don't achievements aside, I don't think you're honestly missing much, Liz. If you beat the actual main game then then you beat enough of this game to know what what you like of it for sure and the thing is yeah i think my final save time that i looked at it was somewhere over 24 hours now i will say there was one night at least that i paused my controller and put it down and fell asleep so that added a good like four hours at least um to my my overall place my play file your xbox doesn't shut off no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it didn't, but I I know for a fact that I fell asleep with this game playing. Um, so that's that's the thing. But honestly, I I didn't mind the twenty ish hours that I put into it either. It's just that by the end of it, there there were some. It, it kind of just started to wear thin on me, and I I mean you know me, I story's a story, and I think it was overall pretty fine. I I really do. By the end of it, that's where I'm with you, Liz. That's when I did start to skip some of the text. Most of it, even for side missions, I've read it. But probably within the last four missions or so, I was only reading probably even about half of the the main mission text. I kind of just skipped a lot of it because I had read a lot of text at that point. And I kind of got over it. I, so I didn't think this game was as text heavy as a lot of JRPGs can be. True. Usually when, when you're getting in a story segment, you're usually looking at like 10 to 20 dialogue like text that you're going through. Not crazy long. There's a couple that are excessive, that are big, you know, story moments that goes through a lot. But majority of the time, you're only looking at like 10 times you're like going through like people talking. So it's not that big of a deal. But if so you look I didn't at find the, that bad. If you look at the bulletin board though, you're like, I have to talk to another like 10 people, like uh, moving oh, along. The side quest ones I was skipping because a lot of those are very much like, and that's what I, I was, need a I resource. Thank you. That's it. Skip the main story, just the side quest. Yeah. And I, but it's funny because like by the time you like hold the skip, it's actually sometimes quicker just to like. Mash A. Yeah. But one thing that I really liked about the game is the fast travel. Oh, the fast travel's great. It's great, but one thing that annoyed me is that if you are getting to the end of the map, have a signpost so that you can teleport back or you can fast travel back. Because for me, that just felt so silly. We're like, okay, you're at the end. Now you get to go back through uh, a couple of lands. And like that didn't make any sense to me at all. But I mean, it was still really, really helpful because like I said earlier, you're going to the same areas over and over again. I felt like, especially like the forest, they never the enemies never got harder. So you're looking at like the same enemies, the same difficulty. I don't know if they do go up, but it didn't feel like it. I went to like the great forest and I was just like cutting through things. When you beat the game, it turns the game to hard mode yeah. and they, then they go up. But even by that point, I was, maybe I was just over leveled because maybe I just grinded too much by the time I got to hard mode, but by the time I got there, Eve, the forest, I was still mowing down pretty pretty easily. I I largely didn't think the fighting in the game was very hard, and I think that was one of the things that kind of made it fun. It, I although I don't know now that I think about it, like 
I was going to say, it made the fact that I was grinding so much not as bad, but at the same time, maybe I wanted more for my reward and I would have liked some more difficulty. I'm actually not sure. See, I wish it was a little more difficult. So overall, though, I love the combat. So the way the game plays, as I said, it's a 2D action RPG platformer. You know, when you're in town, you're getting assigned missions from the citizens. And if you do it, you get you have a stamp card. And your whole purpose of your character is to collect these stamps because she just wants them. She just loves stamps, apparently. But yeah, whenever you go into a dungeon, you have three party members. And depending if you're hitting X, Y, or B is who you're using. Well, I guess I should say there's two kind of difficulty settings you can play on normal or simplified mode, which Liz, you did simplified mode, right? I did both. I went, I went back and forth. I mostly did the simple mode because the same things that bugged me both simple were also normal. So. Yeah. so if you want to attack with CJ, you press X, but then if you want to quickly switch to Guru, you press Y and you, you know, CJ will jump out of the screen and Guru jumps in and then he starts attacking. If you use Isha, you press B and then she jumps into the screen. So it's a way that you can kind of combo and chain different attack moves. So you get a first attack with CJ, but then switch to Isha and she does a nice strong attack that switch to Guru. And they each have their own perks and balances. Wait, so how do you, I didn't play normal for very long. So if you're Y for Isha and you want to attack, attack is X. So would it just automatically switch to CJ? Yes. As so soon as you, you press attack, X, you switch to CJ. how do you attack with Isha? B. Isha's B. Every time you press B, you can keep mashing B, and Isha will come out and attack. But I thought Guru was B. No, Guru's Y. No, but what I'm saying is, like, so whatever button the character is, that's their attack? Yes. That's what my... <laughs> it's all making sense. So in simple mode, I was getting frustrated because it just it, it just switches the character, like, automatically. Yeah, you just mashed X, and that's so, it, and it just yeah. did all the characters? Yeah, so X is attack. So I, when I was doing normal, I guess I didn't bother to look to see how it worked. And so I would hit X and I'd be like, well, it keeps switching my character and I don't want that. So like I ended up going back to simple. I didn't realize that because I thought X was still attack and you just hit Y to change the person. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You press Y for group, B no, for issue. No, what I'm saying is that's what I thought because uh, in simple mode, Y is switching characters and X is attack. Okay. So the fact that it's different and simple, I didn't even consider that i thought that y was just switching characters and x was attack so for me it just like i i feel like that's a little confusing why i don't understand why they just do it that way no that makes sense and it's funny because i actually i was i was curious like to see what the simple mode was i was like i wonder how much like if this is actually easier like maybe i'm i'm not as good at this as i think but it (laughs) it really i i I maybe had been so used to the normal mode at that point, but I thought the easy mode was more annoying and like, yeah, I didn't like easy mode. It just, it didn't seem to flow well where I really found that the key to normal mode at all was it wasn't mashing any button. And I guess that's probably true in a lot of games and I just don't do a good job at it. But if you just like hit a button and waited a second, hit the other one, you could pretty much always perfectly time and they would like, jump to the enemies, zoom around the screen, and you didn't really have to do much. It actually got kind of easy once I figured out how yeah. to do that. Yeah, simple definitely had some hindrances to it, which I, I thought was interesting. I Now that I, now I want to go back and play the normal mode, because I tried it a couple <laughs> times. I was just like, it keeps switching my character. Like I, It's doing that in simple mode, too. Maybe that's just the way the game plays, but now I just feel foolish. <laughs> I was first of all things you always ask me. You didn't ask me how to do it. Well, because I just I just thought that that's how the game was. But I also wanted to bring up so with this game, you're not really switching out your weapons. You have the different uh, runes, so you have you know earth, 
Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah, elemental rooms. So, and they play differently. Well, so for me, obviously with Isha, it plays differently. You can shoot like in different angles. Yeah, depending what element she has really alters her attack. But the other two, it doesn't really, right? No, no. So for me, it's just like, do you guys wish that there were more weapons? Because they all do play a little bit differently, but you're upgrading a lot and you're buying different like accessories and, and rune stuff. And so for me, I'm just like, do you guys wish that there was a bigger shop for that? Not really. No. I wish there was a bit more like, was it Castlevania? Yeah, Castlevania. Metroidvania. Metroidvania. There we go. I wish there was a bit more Metroidvania aspects to it, and I do agree with you, Liz. I I wish the difficulty scaled a little bit more. Um, but I guess what sort of offset it, and this is what I was talking about earlier, is that in some ways the grinding aspect of it or a lot of what you end up doing is looking for these specific elements. I need a specific kind of wood. I need all these specific things. And you, I don't know, it, it didn't give them to you quick enough, I guess, that I'm glad I didn't have to go through difficult enemies over and over and over <laughs> again, if that makes sense. That's true. You can skip throughout the map of where you're going. But I mean, yeah, I do agree with that. I also, enemy wise, I, I don't know if you guys had this problem, but I noticed, so like, for instance, there's like the electrical monsters and they'd have like that barrier that comes up and electrocutes you. Sometimes I would be f- like far away from that and it would still get me. Are you sure you were happened to you guys? Electrocuted? Cuz like it had like a overtime effect. No, cuz it would like no, cuz it would it would I would be like on the side. I'd purposefully get away from it cuz I knew it was coming. And then it would still electrocute me even though it wasn't near it. But you hadn't previously and It was a jellies. You had no, recently been hit no. by one. No. Okay. And it kept happening to me, and it was so fr- no because no, and I'm, and I'm I'm like not even trying with, to get smart smart oh, no, about no. it. Like she started with to get the, out the yeah. fire, like my controller vibrated. Oh my like gosh! Like it was yeah. on something. Uh, like I don't even you know had like a me like, moment why with it was that controller bad. Every single time I was electrocuted or on fire, it would go crazy. So I know for a fact that I was not electrocuted because my hands would have been shaking. All right. <laughs> yeah. This I, this game's a rumble. I'm sure. How did that not bother you, Keith? You're like notorious for that. I might have turned it off rumble. early, honestly. It's very. <laughs> and it would keep going, and you. Yeah, you couldn't change your characters if you were a flame, and it would just like keep vibrating, and so like you would just have to stand there and wait for it to end. Yep. Oh. But no, I did not have issues of like getting hit outside. The of- first couple times, I was like, "This is probably user error," and then so I started really paying attention. I was like, "This is not a Liz fault." <laughs> so I mean, I did not do I don't know. this. But yeah, like Liz, I love like you already mentioned, and I really want to reiterate the fast travel in this game. Is so good because as I said, this game is pretty tedious. You're going through a lot of the same dungeons, fighting the same enemies, doing a lot of the same kind of quests. But the fact that this game is so good with its fast travel of you being able to jump around and kind of cut good sections of things made this game so much more bearable. Yeah, because for instance, there are so many quests to get lightweight lumber and like specific ingredients. So you're con- like the, the forest alone, you're just constantly going back for the same things. So for me, I kind of wish they had switched it up. A little bit. There isn't a lot of dungeons in this game. Yeah. So you really are just trying to get the same loot or like a specialty or something, which I actually had to look up one of them because the, what is it called? Merith or? Mithril. Millith. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know how to find it and it turned out that I'd forgotten to like unlock an area. 
But yeah, so there are some things that didn't just like come naturally that I had to look up, but it was only like one or two things. Yeah, this game also had a great map. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's a, a weird thing. I don't know if you guys had the same gripe as I did. It's it's not uh, anything that really changed the gameplay. It was just a weird thing that in the order of how the three dungeons were listed, the final dungeon was listed first, and then it went forest and then quarry. But like, I get that the farm side Meneer thing was in the town, so it kind of grouped it in the town names. Do you know what I'm talking about in the fast travel list? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that did irritate It me. should have been the very bottom list. I should have been able to just hit up one time and be on the, fi- the final one because I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> now, granted, yeah. I fast traveled to all three a lot, so in the grand picture, not a big thing. It just didn't seem right. It kind of irritated me that the final dungeon... It's kind of like three dungeons in one, and it was kind of weird to travel between them. That was just that was a little bit of a miss, but it didn't bother me too much. Like, luckily, this game loads super quick, so anytime you're transitioning and fast traveling to places, it's just a, a second of a load. That is true. I told Andrew when I was playing this that I was saving a lot, and yeah. so it's, he was just like, "Oh, that's Liz." And so I actually probably like ate up quite a bit of time saving because whenever <laughs> I would do like a bunch of quests at once i would save it because i think it was subnautica that that completely like crashed on me a couple times and i was like i'm not losing hours of quests and getting ingredients and then so andrew at one point was like i just lost an hour (laughs) yeah that's a good point uh this game does have autosave but the autosave is not great i always expected the autosave to save essentially like every time i'm entering like a dungeon or something like that no it saves anytime you sleep in your bed which i never did Me neither. because you didn't have to it helps like heal you but you would also lose buffs so i was like yeah i'm not gonna sleep and it would just like auto save maybe once every like hour two hours of gameplay i don't know but yeah if you die which i've only died once because i was like oh, i'm curious kind of what happens i kind of just let myself go yeah it just it either makes you you can either load your last save or return to title screen and that was like, oh boy, I just lost like an hour and a half of like work of like getting stuff and leveling up. Oh, I was, I was kind of pissed. I learned. So I was like, I, I learned to save after that. I learned pretty early on before even my first death, because I still don't know how to get out of it, but I'm pretty sure there's a place where you can auto lock your, or not auto lock, but you can, you can lock yourself. It's if you go and you fight the second boss and you go to like the second room and go back, there's walls on both sides and you can't get back. Or I couldn't figure out a way to get back to the signpost to transport anywhere. So I had no option other than to just quit and go to my last save point, which I think was, I think it was like 30, 40 minutes at the time I first did it. I was not thrilled though. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I guess another kind of tip, don't do that. I don't, I think that's how I did it. So was it a bug or just... I don't know. I think it was something like that in the main story, like the tunnel collapses or something. Because really what happens is you're supposed to be able to like continue through and it takes you into the barrows. And then from there, that area gets blocked off. But I don't know. Maybe I was was dumb, but I swear I actually did it more than once because the next time I was like, I'm going to save my game and then I'm going to try this. And then I still couldn't find a way to do it. And I wasn't panicked. I just was casually trying to figure it out. Could not. And uh, 
So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So that was the segment. You're supposed to activate the teleporting stone. Did you just not do that? Maybe, maybe I had just forgotten at that point. <laughs> I said, I don't know. Cause you skipped the dialogue and they were like, Hey, make sure you go to the stone. And you just skipped what they said. Probably. <laughs> so I guess there's probably not a problem. What did you guys think of the boss fights? I thought they were all right. They got... Some of them were kind of easy because you redo them quite a bit. They really all were easy, honestly, I think. And and that doesn't... I don't think that's like even cocky to say. I just don't think overall they were very hard. They were interesting-ish in some ways. Uh, Yeah, they were pretty different. I thought the hardest one was Blizzard Brothers. Yeah, I I do too. Mostly because they never really touched the ground. You had to do it all fighting them in the air. I don't think they hit me once what yeah i just did my combo attacks i don't i didn't get hit once by them i think there was one boss maybe two that killed me and then instantly i knew what i did wrong but i think it was only once because yeah i would always have potions on me and you can pause mid-game drink a potion and you're fine so that's why i just thought that they were also super easy because as long as you're carrying potions like you have a lot more health. I do like that about the the potions and the aspect that it gives all of the characters the health so you don't have to worry about like yeah. rationing them out, who to use them for. Now, I admittedly didn't do a good job carrying as many on me as I needed at all times, but generally didn't think I needed them too, too much. I thought overall I was able to get by uh, pretty handily, just kind of figuring out or just going along with the game. But yeah, I think so. Being a cautious noob really helped me. Oh yeah, like it's <laughs> it, it really it's did. not a bad thing at all. That's the thing is, it's just one of those things. That I'm like, I don't, I don't think I carried him on me as much as I, I probably should have. One thing I, I, I did notice about the final boss, even, and this is where I really went. Oh, this is kind of easy. It was when I went back and I fought the, I went to beat to beat the game on hard mode, and I lost Gru and I lost Isha. Because I was just like going ham at trying to beat the boss. And then I realized that if you just sit back and let the boss do their couple attacks, then it goes to a weak spot and it takes a ton of damage. And then you just have to hide a little bit and then chunk it down another quarter. And you only have to do that like four or five times and it, and it dies. So it's actually pretty darn easy. Just yeah. don't just wait for it to go to, to weak mode and then attack it. And that's about it. The boss is... Yeah, the bosses only have like three or four moves each. They're not too crazy hard. I also think, too, I was constantly going back and upgrading my armor, my weapons. And so for me, I felt like I was pretty stacked with that whenever I went to a boss fight. I didn't really think I was overpowered at all because I, I always went back to the, the streets that had the, uh, the vendors. Yep, and I think that's where like this game's grind was actually really enjoyable. Because, you know, as we said, like the whole purpose of the game is you're trying to help build this town and the building of the town aspect, as simple as it is, though, I thought it was really fun and addicting. And I thought it was a lot of fun and addicting to be upgrading my weapons, to be upgrading my tools, to get better resources, you know, being able to create better potions. I found the grind in this game to actually be pretty fun, as simple as it was. Some people in the town were so lazy, not to get back to the story, but like, (laughs) so I understand why some of the townspeople didn't want to go and get resources because there are monsters and bandits because everyone was looking for lenses and stuff. I understand that. But for me, it's like, first of all, don't be rude to people that are helping your town when you're too scared to go and get lumber and stuff. (laughs) But also like you can go and find your friend. 
Like I don't need to be running back and forth. Like to also know where your children are. You know, <laughs> I shouldn't have to hunt down children multiple time and pets and stuff. And it's just like, for me, I just think that the people in the town, like it's like people who hate tourists. It's like, okay, well, you got to get over it eventually, especially this is a different scenario where the people that are visiting your town are actually doing way more work than you and helping you and everyone's all crotchety towards you. Keep track of your stuff. Jeez. Where are your children people? Yeah. There was an awful lot of children just wandering around. Like, I don't know where my parents are. And they're like, yeah, we don't know where they are either. And great. One of them was pulling cattails and it's like, teach your kid not to be mean to animals. There's there's one side quest where you're like essentially helping a wife get a, a knife to go kill her husband. I missed that one. That must have been one of the quests that I was like. I, uh, I noticed the knife. Her husband was the drunk. I noticed the knife. I didn't really put that all together. Oh, the guy that was like hiding behind the. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was gonna hang him up by something. Yeah, but you do a quest beforehand where she where you get her a knife and and you like ask her like, oh, where's your husband? And he's she's really like responds like you know. He might be disappearing soon. Well, there's that. Then there's the one that you have to go get the the guy all of Isha's clothes. And he's like super oh my, weird about it. And the first time creepy. comment, I was just like, that, that's a weird conversation thrown to this game. Because there's really no Especially other two, pervy since 16. aspects. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of innuendo. And then all of a sudden, they're just that. That's kind of weird. I don't know about that. <laughs> I kind of wish they did go a little bit more on the side of weird because all the weird conversations and stuff and like, but I also, like I said earlier, I liked the character squash and that little girl that was a fan of his, like sent him that, was it a drawing? And he was just so sweet about it. (laughs) I (laughs) thought that was adorable. So I feel like they needed more of him and they needed more like kind of outlandish, not pervy. But just like some more outlandish stuff. I w- but that's just me being picky. I, I know that this is the prequel to the 100 Heroes game or whatever. But I was hoping for more than just three characters. And so I guess yeah. going back to your question, Liz, of did I want more weapons? No. Did I want more characters that I could play with? Absolutely. Did I want to have like 20 of them and they have different stories and they combo differently together? Absolutely. I wanted all of that. And I think that's what the ultimate game is going to lead into. Yeah. If it's anything. Guess how many playable characters are in 100 Heroes? 20. 37. And one. Uh, 100. Oh. <laughs> oh, 100 Heroes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. God. Wait, oh my I thought gosh. you guys were joking. I'm like, are you Wait, serious? Right no, I forgot what it was called. No, was... And then you said the 100 and I was like, oh. I was joking. Uh... <laughs> okay. Keep, no, yeah. Keep <laughs> Considering I had just said 100 years now, if the answer was more than 100, you absolutely would have surprised me. Um, but yeah, knowing that it was named 100 Heroes, I was I, I was pretty I confident there was at least 100. I love, I love the shock and surprise on Liz's face. <laughs> so, uh, did this it's like, yeah, it's like when you know like you did something stupid, you're just like, oh, people are going to listen to this. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe no one will download this episode. It's all right, Liz. Don't worry. We won't cut that. <laughs> so, so. Are, like, are you still pretending that you, that was a fake guess? Jeez. <laughs> oh, I'm not pretending anything. <laughs> oh, I thought you said earlier that you were joking. Oh, no, I, yeah, I was joking about the 37. <laughs> um, 
but but go, what I was going into is that yeah, with this being the same creators of Suikoden, apparently I have said it all wrong yeah. my whole life, and I and I kind of knew I was saying it wrong. But anywho, is that that's how that game played? Is you had characters that comboed together, and it I don't know. It was it was fun as a turn based game. So I think Hundred Heroes will be the same, but I kind of want this playing style with that character build i don't know character set so you're hoping like what each character has its own like one weapon no just that like i think it'll be more like suikoden was where you'll be able to build your parties out and it's going to be turn-based i don't i don't know turn-based games are weird in terms of items and things like that you have like skill sets usually so that i don't think it'll be item based i think it'll just be character based and who you have determines like what skills and stuff they have but with turn base, I feel like things can feel a lot more repetitive quickly. So I wonder if they're really going to change up, like, you know, have like way more enemies and locations and stuff. So I feel like it's a bit harder to get away with that with turn based. I, I do remember the castle building aspect of it being tons of fun and so addicting yeah. in terms of like, I was always trying to go and figure out like what new aspects of the castle I just upgraded, completing different quests and things like that. So I, I remember it being tons of fun with all of that so if they can build a game that's similar to that i'm i'm pretty on board now which suikoden did you think you played I'm pretty sure it was seven it, and it had mm. i want to except the series uh only went up to five so uh yeah okay nice try that's smirk <laughs> jeez gosh because liz at the beginning Man, andrew's I, mr know-it-all I this episode was so like um i think keith would know freaking what much. game he played like no, it only goes to five. I just looked it up. Have I ever talked about how much I hate Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> I know, just like he loves me. Like you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're you're exactly right, Liz. That's exactly why. At I least hate I can him. save my game. Oh, okay. Seriously, Andrew, <laughs> figure it out. So that's. I'm pretty sure it was three. Is the one you actually did play? It was three or four. No, I remember but it had I, multiple discs. That's <laughs> true. Because that's that's a lot of characters. God, I remember those days where you actually had to play multiple discs. Like, I remember Final Fantasy VII on the PC was like six, like six discs. And you walked to the game store uphill both ways. <laughs> oh, shut up. Snow. We actually did walk at least <laughs> one way uphill. Remember back when you were in Methuen? Oh my gosh, we went to West Coast Video. <laughs> we actually... And you, you and my brother got mugged. Yeah, that was... Wait, you got mugged? Uh, not me. I Him mean, and my brother did. I mean, to this day, I don't really know. I just know that, I don't know, we were, what, like 12? We were in sixth grade. And these two guys came up to us. Well, I say guys, they were really like 14. But they were taller than us and bigger. And I don't know, they looked mean. And they told us to give them their money. And I had no money. I tried. I, I confirmed by turning out my pockets. I had no money. I think Aaron had like $5 because that's what a customer yeah, took game. game. It was yeah. $5. Um, Did they have weapons or something? No, I didn't see a weapon. I just didn't know what to do. Listen, if they're older than you, there's nothing wrong with kicking them in the balls if they're trying to mug you. You know what? Like, I know it's, like, not seen as manly, but, like, if you're younger... I'm just... I think there was three of them, and it was just Keith and I, I Well, you got four legs. They, so. I don't know. I just know it was doing... And then they started laughing, and they're like, we're just messing with you guys. Here's your $5 back. Get the hell out of here. Did they really? I, didn't, I mean, I don't think they added that exactly, but, yeah, they literally gave us the money back and laughed. <laughs> like... 
Yeah, I think I think I didn't my brother say there was like a girl there too. I was think so. Like, yeah, they're like, they're trying to yeah, they were like, guys, stop it, stop it. I was like, oh, yeah, please listen to her. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm very scared right now. I don't know what's happening. It was oh, the good old days of having to go to a video store to run a game. So, yes, we did. There was a, also a hill, Liz. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I almost fell down that hill on a bike. That's another story. <laughs> God. The bike with the handlebars that came off. That's a great story, too. Oh, man. Oh, Methuen. <laughs> but it's nothing to do with this game, so <laughs> save that for another time. Uh. Poor Keith. <laughs> getting corrected by Andrew, getting mugged and then laughed at. Uh, Keith having had a, a rough bike childhood. Accident. That place almost killed me. I was glad to see you guys move. <laughs> Oh, he went to Methuen for you? Yep. That's friendship. Um, Well, not for me. It was for my brother. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't like Andrew when we were kids. (laughs) Still don't like me. What are you talking about? That's a valid point. (laughs) But honestly, doing this with your brother wouldn't be any better. So, like, I don't don't really know what to tell you. Uh, Anyway. How about the graphics of the game? (laughs) Good transition. We've gotten so off. So off on this. Uh. The the graphics are really good. I so it's it. I think it, overall it has a really overall JRPG feel to it. But I did yep. like the way that it was layered and that it, not fully, but the way the characters were, well, I guess layered on the screen. It almost felt like a paper mache not paper mache but like i don't know like a paper cutout type of thing it was really cool yeah yeah i was gonna say the, the same thing yeah. Yeah. yeah i thought i really liked that and i thought the art style was was really neat and and yeah all things yeah this game is specifically 2d but the 100 heroes is it's pixelated characters on a 3D rendered world, so it's actually a 3D game is it going to be like well, an earthbound type of thing like you walk on a grid oh. Uh, a little bit more Octopath Traveler. I don't know if you played that. Uh, I played maybe like 30 minutes of Octopath Traveler. But it, it's a bit more like that. Okay. Sometimes I couldn't understand what they were thinking, like the little like railroad track looking things. And I just kind of, I was like, does that mean they're thinking? Are you talking with the little mean? like emojis that would pop up next to them? Yeah, sometimes I didn't understand them. I, I feel like that was like an anime thing. Yeah, like the the like little like cross back and forth, like it, it's like almost like emotions they would put around characters in anime. So I don't, I kind of read them in like context to the best I could, but I I guess overall there was probably some I I misread, maybe. I also thought it was interesting when you're running around town. They obviously like all run the same speed, but CJ's in front. When you're battling and stuff, I feel like CJ is faster and jump obviously jumps higher because she can do the double jump. But for me, like she always felt faster. Yeah, out of the three characters you could pick, you, she definitely, of course, was the best exploration. Yeah, so I would always pick her to to run with. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of miss. Like, like okay, this irritated me. So you have a guy named Guru who's a kangaroo, and he sucks at jumping. Like, what what was up with that? Like, eventually, he he learns the ability to kind of do a power jump. But right at the beginning, he sucks at jumping. He does. And but I oh, so I say that power jump is not good. There's yeah, it's CJ's double jump is still better than his power jump. There is one point where I 
switched characters for a little bit of platforming. Um, but it, I think, largely was was fixed by the time I got CJ's ability to dash, and then I didn't need it anymore. <laughs> I just saw a picture today. It's kind of off topic, but it's about Guru. And <laughs> my brother's living in Australia with his amazing girlfriend, and she posted a picture of a kangaroo. And it was the first time that I have looked at a kangaroo and been like, that is a terrifying beast. Like, it was so big and muscular. Like, obviously, I've you, seen them in real life. Yeah, you were, we were in a cage with one. No, but they... No, but sometimes they're bigger. Like, they're in, in Australia, they're like... It was huge. And it was so muscular. When we went, because you could hold the baby yeah. kangaroos and stuff, like, it, they weren't they weren't big. Like, this was like... I didn't realize kangaroos could be kind of scary looking. Wait, you guys went to yeah, Australia? Checked. No, no, it was, no, a, it was at... Um, it's like a petting zoo. It's called It's a Zoo Life here in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you actually legitimately got to go into like a uh, cage with kangaroos. Oh, okay. And they said, hey, if it looks like they're trying to hug you, don't fall for it. They're just going to kick you. Okay. So, uh, yeah, fun fact. Don't ever hug a kangaroo. Okay. But yeah, whenever I saw Guru after that picture, I just like, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Should I ask my uh, inappropriate question? I, I, I'll, I'll, you I'm can gonna, always delete it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put this question up for Keith because I know how inappropriate this is. So this is something that always perplexes me. So in this game, there are human beast characters. So, you know, you have, as we said, Guru, who's a human humanoid kangaroo. Mm-hmm. But then you also have people who are like a humanoid tiger, a humanoid dog, a humanoid bird with squash. Yeah. But there's also regular animals in this world. You know, there are cows, there are chickens, there are pigs, okay. but they're not humanoid. They're just, you know, basic dumb animals. Okay. So is it weird if a human being has sex with a humanoid person? I don't think we can put this on the podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't think. I figured John, as much, but it was kind of And this might just like... be me being the fact that Johnny's actually been listening to the podcast recently, but okay. we've not, I... I we do have kids. I, I that's that's why. Yeah, this that might be, but no, I don't. I I like I don't know like space rules, so I guess it's okay because it's just like I don't know a Khajiit is kind of just like fantasy alien. I don't know. All right, but um, <laughs> well, go ahead. What? I just looked it up, and uh, uh, there's different answers all over Google, but according to PBS, kangaroos can reach oh, heights from anywhere between three to eight feet. I was so and nervous. And all the other ones say at least Googled. like six point six. Oh my gosh! I was like, "Wait, you?" And they can weigh between forty and two hundred pounds. So <laughs> hold on, because I don't know how much because I'm gonna delete us laughing because if I'm deleting that segment. So we just had a segment that we had to cut out because we we deemed it a little bit too inappropriate. So. Andrew and Keith were concerned about what I was Googling. So that's. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say 40 to 200 pounds, three to eight feet. So you're picturing these like cute small kangaroos that we were hanging out with. I'm like, no, like they, they get huge and beefy. This is why we call ourselves Game Pass Grab Because we talk about video games and then random kangaroo facts. <laughs> you can cut this. That's nope. so funny. At least I'm not bringing up stuff that's so inappropriate that we have to delete it, Andrew. <laughs> it's a legitimate question. No, I think I you just need to start 
the audio of your question and then just cut to me going, we can't, we can't talk about that. And then just cut everything <laughs> in between there. <laughs> Anywho. Anyway, back to the game. There's one thing about the music, Liz, that I, I'm with you. I absolutely loved. I don't remember. Oh my gosh, you're killing me. The building music. Oh my goodness. And that cutscene. I never got sick of it. Yeah. Every time you help somebody expand or build, there's this little guy working in this. It's a little, this yeah, it's just a little jingle with this guy like sawing a log. It, and it's, it gave me joy. It did too. It truly gave me joy. <laughs> it really it reminded me of Dragon Quest Builders. Yeah. Or no, it reminded it was a, it was an iconic it's like JRPG songs usually have like something very iconic. Like usually when you level up or something mm-hmm. like that. The, the and level this up is, had that. Yeah, and so this is a yeah, but I didn't think it was good. This is leveling up a building. It was like, I don't know, hoedown. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing like that. It was great. And Sim just saw it away. Great impersonation of it. Yeah. Uh, I love that music. The music also got sad during the sadder moments of the game. So I feel like overall they did a good job. Yeah. But for the life of me, I can't remember what any of them sounded like. So <laughs> I wouldn't say it's spectacular. Uh, I liked when you completed a stamp card, the main city music changed. And when you got that last stamp card... Man, there's a song where the guy's going to town on a whistle. <laughs> the whistle is kind of weird. I don't remember. I did oh, get to the don't. last stamp card, obviously, because I only had a couple stamps. I brought it up but... to you when you were listening. I'm like, man, this whistle. I don't know if I remember the whistle, but I do remember the music oh, God, changing. You guys are killing me. I'm thinking that maybe I'm not a good listener. No, I like we cover music literally every week, and you guys still like don't pay attention to I it. I did. I did. I just didn't really. I kind of just started to block it out. I did notice it changing, I, but I listened to it a lot because, again, I I still played this game for at least 20 plus hours. Like, I know there's a, a couple dead hours, but I know I still put in a lot of time and I heard a lot of hours. Yeah. I also don't remember you saying that to me when it was on. So when I say I think I'm a bad listener, I just think it's not just to music. I think it is in general. <laughs> I might not be the best listener. And I thought I was a bad listener to this relationship. <laughs> It's something that we really both shouldn't be bad at. So one of us really needs to like pick up this line. Yeah, you're, you're both so proud of that. I don't know. We never really listen to each other. Things are great. <laughs> Things are great. As far as I can tell, because, you know, she's not complaining to me. At least not that I've heard. <laughs> uh, but, but achievements, those were also great. Yeah. Um, a little grindy, but Andrew got 1,000. He got all 50. Keith, 970, 47. And I got 630 with 37. But I was close to getting a couple of them. And I just, you know, I didn't want to leave the game on a sour note. I was like, if I leave now and I don't get these achievements, I feel like I would like the game more. Yeah, so the achievements, I would recommend this game for Achievement Hunters. So it's not a super quick game, but the achievements are all very easy. The achievements are essentially just 100% in this game. You know, maxing out everyone's weapons, maxing out everyone's armor, doing all the resident quests, doing, you know, the main story. Very easy. There's a handful that are secret achievements, which is unfortunate. But if you actually go, there's an actual achievement tab in the game, and you can kind of get an idea of what the achievement is. So that's at least nice. But yeah, when you beat the game... You beat the game before you complete all side quests. Like the game like legitimately doesn't give you side quests until you beat the game. And then when you beat the game, it was like, oh, you now unlocked hard mode. And I was really disappointed. I was like, don't tell me it's new game plus where it's hard mode. And I have to play through this entire game again to get like the last 12 side quests. Thankfully, no. What this game does, you are still just, you're like replaying the game before the final mission. It just unlocked hard mode. So everything's still open. Everything's unlocked. 
and it was just easy to quickly go and knock out all the like extra stuff I had to do. It got a little grindy, but you know, at that point I was already at like 95% at like hundreding everything. So I was like, whatever, I'll just put a few more hours and do it. I did. It wasn't too bad. I mean, that's, that's all I'm missing is I'm missing. I think I have to max out Gru stuff, Isha stuff. And I think there's one that for maxing out everybody. So like once you yeah. do, once I do those, I'll get all 50. And I kind of did the same thing you did, Liz. I was doing, I was playing last night and it was, I don't know. I, or not last night, whenever I played it last. And yeah, I kind of just gave up on those, on those missions, mostly because I just, I don't know. It's like, I kind of like this, but I'm getting a little bit annoyed and I probably could have played another hour and grinded out those missions and I might just to get them, yeah. but it, it's, it's 30 achievement score. And I, I just think at, at this point, I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah. I, I was kind of feeling the same way too. Where I was kind of getting sick of it, but I'm like, I can't fault the game for this. This is, you know, the sadistic part of me just trying to get the, all the achievements. No. And that, and that is totally true. I think I, I think I wanted more reward for it. You know, it's a really weird gripe. Um, and it's, I don't know if it's quality of life or design, whatever it may be, but it's the runes and the tools. They show you five stars, but you only upgrade them to three stars in both of them. Yeah. I kinda, just, just show me three stars. Cause I kept wanting to upgrade them to five stars. Like I wanted a tool that guaranteed I was going to get the hardwood lumber every time I chopped a tree down or guaranteed that I was going to get the high purity ore. instead it was just like, Oh, you have a chance to get them now. And honestly, it wasn't hard to, to grind and collect them. It just would have been nice to either fill out those stars or not have them there at all. That's all I want. Yeah, I agree with that. I want to do a quick another thing. Go ahead. So I didn't use the maps as much at the beginning. And it was only like later on that I realized that if you have a quest for a specific thing, sometimes there's an exclamation point on the map that shows you what room. So you can quickly go to the correct signpost and, you know, maybe skip five of the the little boxes. So... Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that from the beginning. I just like. Oof, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't long that I realized oh, it, okay. but I really didn't use my map at the like at least for the first couple hours. Yeah. So. I will say once I realized that it was it was very much a nice addition, but also, it, it almost felt like me and Subnautica. Like when I did that, I was kind of just always only collecting what I needed. Where if you just ran through things, you would collect enough of everything that you were probably collecting more than enough you need. It made completing missions easier so I, yeah I, there was a lot of times i would go up to someone and just immediately do it yeah yeah so I, I you have unlimited storage back in town when you're in a dungeon you have storage space but it's very generous it's amazing yeah. that they actually drop off the stuff for you yeah. that was my favorite thing of this game the other games that are like this need to take note of where it's like i don't want to have to go back to to drop everything off and so for me like oh my gosh i love that it is and and like andrew said it's it is generous. I never even fully upgraded the bag, and I think I can like maxed it out once when I only had a hundred space. Once I got up to two hundred, I never maxed it out because I was like, ah, oh, I have like, it, even if I was getting close to it, if there was never a point like, oh, I'm so close to just getting more. So I was like, I have like four missions I'm gonna turn in anyways. Whatever, I'll just go back, turn these in, and then I'll go back and do a bunch more. Like, the fast travel, and I know you guys already talked about it, but it is. It's such a nice perk to this game and it's not just a fast travel to anywhere you want for the most part it's a it's a f actual fast fast travel nothing yeah. nothing actually feels like it takes long to do so i i loved that about this game and i never felt bad like going back in the middle of a dungeon yeah same here all right so getting to our final thoughts here 
uh, Iudian Chronicle. You know, this was a random kind of game Keith picked, and you know, I had a lot of fun with it. It's it's definitely different. It's you know, it's kind of like you know, if you don't like JRPGs, this could still be something you enjoy because this is you know, like I said, it's just a two D action platformer. This story is pretty lighthearted. This game is pretty tedious, but luckily this game has great quality of life that we said. You know, the map's great. Fast travel's great. Dealing with resources is great. So it does alleviate a lot of the tedious work. It is just a lot of you going to the dungeons fighting a lot of the same monsters. But I just, the building of the town and seeing the progress was just enough hook for me that I really digged it. You know, I... This game, like I said, isn't too crazy long, 12 to 15 hours. So this is just like a nice change of pace. It's definitely a game you could pick up here and there and kind of remember the controls and what's going on. And, you know, being a kind of prequel, like if this was a marketing strategy, like if the 100 Heroes wasn't coming to Game Pass, I'm not going to lie. This game actually made me interested that I would consider purchasing 100 Heroes if it wasn't on Game Pass because where this game kind of set things up, I was like, this is a lot of fun. And all right, that was one thing I forgot to mention, too. The When you find out, my, one of my favorite parts is finding out CJ's real name. And then not only that, when you oh, find, yeah. out, find out the main like bad guy's name, you only see him talking. You don't actually see his picture. But his name's Mighty Ducks. <laughs> I thought that was kind of goofy. I didn't catch that when I played it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's Mighty D-U-X. <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought this game had you know just a decent amount of humor that was actually pretty fun. And I enjoyed the dialogue of it, but... I, I think you should check it out. This is, it was this was a nice change of a pace of a game for me. Uh, I think we could even eighty four. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of the same things. Obviously, I, I obviously started playing this game earlier and, and recommended it because I was having a good time playing it. Knowing where it came from and the roots of it, apparently, I don't know what games I've played. I know I played one of the games <laughs> from this studio, though, and I know I liked it in terms of the character diversity and everything they brought to it. And I'm honestly not a huge turn-based RPG person, but I I remember loving that game. And so I was really interested to see what they put out. And I don't think I truly knew what the gameplay of this was when I went into it. And so maybe a little bit of that surprised me. But I think the fighting style was so unique in a way and having the different characters kind of operate as your different attacking styles. And it made it feel just a little bit fun and different. And then like Andrew said, the overall town building i'm a sucker for that type of stuff when it comes to yeah, me too. any type of rpg especially because while i don't have a creative eye to rebuild the town and some type you know a lot of builder games and it's why i don't like those if it's just like hey collect enough of this thing and we'll do all the creative work for you sign me up i will go collect <laughs> lumber all day every day and I don't know. Each mission was just so small and incremental that it just kept me going. All right, one more, one more, and two hours later, I I just had this game dug into my heels. So, yeah, I I think it was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed my time with it, but towards the end of it, I was I was pretty done with it, and and I'm excited to see what Hundred Heroes will be. Uh, so I think for me, I'll give it an eighty-six. I am going to give it. In 85, there was one time when I was playing the game and I was just like, 88 is the number. But I felt like the point that I got to, I just, I got a little, a little burnout and it kind of went down to 85. Um, and also talking about it, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that, that kind of 
bugged me. I like how close we were. 84, I know. 85, 86. I almost gave it and an I, 85. I, I decided to I decided to give it a bump because I think I had a lot of high praise for it. Yeah, I, I honestly between 85 and 88, I didn't know, so I just went with that like nice that nice number. And looking at Metacritic, the uh, the critics aren't being very kind to it so far. It's TBD for Xbox One and Series X. Yeah, this game just came out. Yeah, but one of the critics that gave it a 65 is that. An almost completely skippable prequel that fails to share any true gameplay DNA with next year's 100 Heroes, nor builds any excitement for it. And they, I, the, I that don't was disagree not the lowest that, one. I, I don't disagree with that. This game really doesn't do too much of building of the world until like the very end. I know, but I'm thinking of the games that I've given a 65, and so it feels a little harsh to me. And that's weird. That seems like his only complaint is that it just doesn't build up to the world. Yeah, but like, I thought the gameplay was still very fun. I think the highest critic review might have been eighty. Yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe fifty. I guess I just thought the gameplay overall was unique enough. I don't know. It's weird to me. I know. I, I understand where he's coming from. Of like, it, yeah, for an RPG, it didn't do too much of the world building. But yeah, I thought the gameplay was solid and fun. It was different. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for us this week. So uh, thank you all so much for joining us. If you have a game suggestion, please email us at gamepassgrabbagagmail.com. We're on Facebook, GBGBPod, and Twitter, GBGBPod. I've been your Harker Gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Netflix Live, Firebird, at 01952. I've been Keith. Uh, and I guess I'm really tired. I, I was just going to say <laughs> that. that. Very I fell young. asleep on the couch at like 9.30 last night, just like passed out. It, Amber woke me up, took the baby to bed. And then I passed back Congrats. out. You are officially a dad. Yeah. That was such a dad. I time. passed back out at around midnight right after she took the baby. And then I woke up at like 6 a.m. It's like, oh, what's up, world? Uh, <laughs> well, you're lucky because I did that. I fell asleep on the couch and started snoring and Liz smacked me. And I was like, oh, it would be nice to just fall asleep here. <laughs> I have a thing about sleeping on the couch and snoring. And it was like a double whammy. I was like, I was trying to watch something. I'm just like, I do <laughs> no, not sir. snore that hard. How would you know you were asleep? Because when I snore hard, I wake myself up. That's also a valid point, too. That's that's not true. Maybe sometimes. Um, <laughs> finding out a lot about us. I'm Liz New Gamertag. Coming on Dean. I'm on Twitter. I was new, new busy. W. Hi, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us. We love you all. See you again next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.